The Owls are flying high. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Shulable Podcast. As always, you guys know the drill. Five Reason Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation. We taped the FIU preview of the season and the Bryant preview earlier this week. That should have been the last episode you guys have heard before David Hondel took off on his cross uh global i shouldn't say not not cross global not multiple globes but his cross country excursion uh he's going to miss this season opener but that's for with good reason with that we got that preview all squared away but it is fau centric we uh david and i did a quick recap of the owls drubbing of the charlotte 49ers but of course we want to give you a uh, more fau centric perspective so with that i've enlisted the help of a good friend, someone, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, we're going to kind of be rotating between himself, Kevin Fielder, and some others. And that is my guy, Mr. Mr. Zachary Weinberger of the Palm Beach Post. Zach, really appreciate you making the time. What is going on, man? I know we are here on a Wednesday of game week, so you're probably midweek in your prep. Really appreciate you jumping on here for a few minutes. Absolutely no problem. Again, you know, we're kind of in the thick of it right now. Week zero is over. I know you're preparing for the opener uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's just, you know, it's cool. It's really good that, that college football is back. It's really exciting, but also that stress kicks in, but maybe for you, maybe for you and me, maybe it's a good type of stress, you know? Um, but I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, Zach, I, I'm not going to belabor, um, or, you know, kind of go too long winded on my, uh, you know, kind of conclusions or thoughts from the game because we heard it on a previous podcast i really want to jump you know kind of dive and jump into someone who covered that game um just what are your initial takeaways from the you know and more or less complete domination of the charlotte 49ers yeah you know i said this in my uh season preview slash game preview for the game and i said it on twitter as well it's kind of weird to say it for for a first game where the records are zero and zero the season is starting but i almost saw this as a as a must win uh, for FAU, not just getting the con- the first conference win out of the way, but also kind of looking at the schedule ahead. You have, you know, opponents like UCF and Purdue, and you have Ohio this Saturday and on the road. Uh, you you want to get those wins out of the way until you get to those tougher opponents. But listen, you know, I I, I thought the win, you know, I thought they were going to win against Charlotte. I didn't think it was going to be uh, this uh, blowout type of win, you know, especially because. It, it, what it just showed is that one team was ready to play and the other was not. Um, but yes, you know, we've been talking, uh, I, you know, the past appearances I've been on here about the impressive coaching staff, how t- talented this team is, the depth of this team. And it really showed out, you know, and I think for this win, you know, Willie Taggart getting that on his birthday, I think that's a good sign of things to come. You know, I really, we've seen wins like this last season where, you know, the season ended up being disappointing, but there was a different feel this time around. The, the way the offense was created under Dearman and the way the defense played under Orlando, it, it, it was an interesting game in that sense. So uh, I'm not sold yet on this team being a conference championship winner. I need to see how they play on the road, uh, as we're probably going to be talking about. But it was an absolute phenomenal win by FAU. Okay, you said a couple things there that I, I will have some follow-up questions on, but I want to start with this one, Zach. You, you said that it felt like a must-win, and, and when we had Kevin Fielder on to preview the game, I asked Kevin if it was a must-win because I know I felt that really for both programs coming off of the way they ended things last year, Charlotte losing five out of its last six, obviously FAU losing its last four, 
that they really want to come out and, you know, you're not going to make or break your season in one game, but just for the sake of trying to put last year behind them, I felt there was, was different in terms of level of importance than your average season opener. I'm assuming that is, is, is that how you felt going this one for FAU? And absolutely, because, you know, especially coming off of last season, like you said, losing four straight and especially uh, missing out on a bowl game. It, it was just, that's the type of, how you, that's not how you want to end. And you want to go into this season, into your final season in conference, you would say, with some sort of momentum going into a non-conference schedule in week zero. Uh, and to me, like I said, even though this, the record was 0-0, just for some reason, it just felt like a must win because, you know, this team builds on momentum, you know, and it seems like that, especially going into the road where you are one in five from last season, you, you need that win. You can't start off the season. Oh, and one, and then go into the road of where you're, that's where you're the worst at and then get into games like UCF and Purdue. It's just, yeah, to me, it was, it was definitely a, a must win and, and they did it. All right, Zach. So allow me to set up this next question before we kind of dive into some specific players and then get into Ohio prep. So given all of the importance that, you know, myself and others assigned to this game for FAU, uh, I felt that you had to give them an equal amount of credit given the way they came out and won the game. So you said something there. And again, I don't want to nitpick on your words. You said that you're not quite ready to say that they're conference title contenders. And I can understand that it's, it's one game, but what really stood out to me, and I, like I said, there's a question in here somewhere, is for the past two years since Willie Taggart's been at the helmet FAU, I've been hearing from people around the program and people, you know, in the high schools that they've recruited players from that, man, this guy is really good. That guy is really good. They're a stud, so on and so forth. And then when you don't see those things manifest itself on the field, you're kind of left with that sour taste in your mouth. And when I watched this game, it felt like, A, we got what might be a, you know, super more comfortable, more confident version of Nikosi Perry uh, in during year two. But a lot of the guys who I've been hearing about, Larry McCammon, I had no idea Larry McCammon had that kind of burst. I, I thought Larry McCammon was a 5'9", 225-pound bowling ball um, who was going to, you know, get you four yards and five yards. That guy who was running, you know, with a burst off the edge, I, I didn't know that existed. Um, some of the guys on defense, Eddie Williams, Jaden Williams, you know, Smoke Mungin, uh, and even, you know, some of the, you know, receivers who I think for hardcore FAU fans, you knew, but for the broader audience, you're kind of like, huh, you wait and see. Guys like Jamal Edron and Tony Johnson. So uh, given everything I said there, um, Zach, it seems as if, you know, you're kind of tempering this victory a little bit. is, Is that fair? Or I guess you didn't see enough from some of these new contributors to say, all right, like, I think given CU, you know, later on in CUSA play, they'll, they'll be fine. They may not be able to compete with the UCFs and Purdue's of the world, but conference USA play, they, they don't necessarily look a, you know, a step ahead, uh, above the rest. They, is that fair to say in, in your words? I think it's very fair to say, you know, but again, I'm also a very pessimistic person in, in, in <laughs> because my favorite teams point me. So I have that trauma still, but I think when it comes to FAU, um, especially from what we saw last year. Again, not really conference opponents, but last year, uh, FAU pummeled Georgia Southern, pummeled Fordham, pummeled FIU. They kind of pummeled Charlotte as well, but then they still have those games where they stall on offense, where the defense has to carry them the whole game. Again, different different coaching group now and everything. Um, but listen, I mean, when it comes to camp and you look at these players, they're getting older. Even though it's it's still a fairly young team, 
There's more experience on this team now. I mentioned the coaching staff. Nikosi Perry didn't have a full offseason with this team. He looked the most confident he's ever been uh, in this game one. So I think this team has the talent and the ability to press in Conference USA. The thing is, is that what Tag says, what Dearman says, Orlando says, and what I say is that if you want to be a conference championship contender team, you have to win on the road, and they and they just flat out didn't uh, last season, except for that Charlotte game. So I think I need to see more of that because, again, you have Ohio, but then you have teams like North Texas. You're going to UTEP uh, at FIU at Middle Tennessee. You know, the season is obviously not a sprint. It's a marathon. Uh, I think at the middle of the season, maybe we can we can really think what this team really is. But I think what the team has uh, is a dynamic offense led by Nikosi Perry, and you mentioned the running backs. I saw Larry McCammon all, pra- all camp, and he looked like the on that team. Uh, he looks like RB1. even have wide receiver. You have the depth there now. Arguably cost FAU some games last year. They really distributed well this season. But, you know, last season really had a, they had a lot of things not going for them. It's the opposite this season. So I think it's just my nature not be like, okay, one game. It's also week zero. So to me, I just need to see a little bit more. But I think this Ohio game is going to show me something. Well on the road here, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season for the Owls. That's a, you know, hey, you talk about the fact that you know FAU did similarly trump uh, you know some teams last year, including FIU. Although uh, you can say that about a lot of teams over the past two years for the Panthers. But <laughs> uh, two more, we have two more on on the Charlotte game. Then we'll transition into Ohio. Uh, Zach, um, want to ask you this. What did you make of the big three hype? Obviously, you know, uh, Hunter Bailey wrote a piece, I guess the, or I don't, I don't guess we know that the, the Charlotte receivers, uh, a lot of, yeah. you know, flamboyant dynamic guys uh, compared themselves to the big three of the Miami heat era. Uh, what did you make of that? And it seemingly, you know, we heard some post game comments that the FAU secondary definitely made something of it. I mean, listen, I, it was one of those key things that you looked at, especially going into this game. Sure. Of Chris Reynolds is a very experienced guy. It seems like he's been there forever but he also has weapons that, that he can really throw it to. You know, I, I, that's why, to me, when looking at the statue, when watching the game, sure, Reynolds wasn't there most of the time, but the defense really handled him very well. You know, they got, they got at Reynolds a lot. They really stopped the run. And even though, again, guys like Grant DeBose, who had, still had 89 yards and two touchdowns, uh, contained the rest of the receiver group. So, to me, that, that was the biggest takeaway from it all, is that the DBs on FAU, who, you know, again, you lose a guy like, Gilbert, who's been there for so long, but you have guys like DJ Young, you mentioned step in. Well, you know, they saw that we heard from Orlando uh, this morning. They, they have this where it's like, okay, now, so what? Now what? Where, okay, you give them that, touch, that big touchdown play on the first drive. Now what are we going to do? We have to put that behind us. And, and then that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, that big three hype was definitely there, but they, then towards the end again 13 points the whole game for charlotte so yeah you know it it was a problem going in but you know again orlando you could tell he had a game plan again if you're just joining us we're joined by zachary weinberger of the palm beach post zach last one on charlotte uh one player on offense one player on defense that surprised you and again you're around this team every day so maybe uh you know they might not be surprises to you but i guess maybe you know a name on offense and name on defense that might have uh, surprise the uh, greater audience and the greater Conference USA audience? 
Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to the offense for me, um, Barry Mobley uh, was one of the guys that got way more attention on the offense than I thought, you know, especially when we heard about who the kind of the main three running backs were besides John run the ball. But when it comes to pure runners, they talked about McCam and they talked about uh, guys like Kelvin Dean uh, and Marvin Scott. But you, got, you have Mobley getting a lot of carries. You know, they really trust that guy. One more guy on offense was Tony Johnson, who uh, had a couple catches for some big plays. Um, I thought that was more reps uh, going into the season, but Perry kind of trust him. Uh, so that those would be the two guys in offense that really just stood out to me and beyond some others. Uh, on defense, you know, I, I don't want to just say because he had the interception, but Justin McKissick, you know, he was a guy that to me, young guy, he, looked, he had a really good camp, uh, and he kind of, again, the, the, it was kind of desperate at interception to get that pick six. Um, had a good game besides that as well, and just to cheat a little bit, again, you, you mentioned you mentioned Eddie Williams, who you know made a huge difference on Saturday, eight total tackles, uh, .5 tackle for loss, I'm pretty sure. So made an immediate impact, and Orlando has been guys as guys that have been impressing during to make an impact. Uh, the first game, and then that's exactly what they did. All right, let's turn the they turn the focus forward. Excuse me to the Ohio Bobcats of the MAC. Uh, they are head coach. They're coached by Tim Albin. Tim Albin has spent, uh, I believe, the last sixteen or seventeen years in Ohio. Was a long time offensive coordinator for something like again uh, 13, 14 years before he got the head coaching job. That's a program that uh, was picked in the media poll to finish amongst the, uh, you know, lower half of the Mac. So certainly still rebuilding Tim Albin his first year went three and nine. That game is a double check on that should be a six o'clock kickoff or six o'clock central. So, so seven o'clock Eastern kickoff, if memory serves me correct from Peden stadium in Athens, Ohio. You can find that game on ESPN plus. And of course, if you want to listen to it, shout out to uh, Ken Levick, Chris Bartels, Fox sports radio, West Palm, uh, Zach, in terms of this matchup, you know, I'm not asking you to go too too deep into X's and O's as far as the Ohio Bobcats, but in terms of the FAU Owls, you talked about it. You, you want to see them win on the road. Uh, this is, an, as I mentioned, Ohio team that is still in the midst of a rebuild. What are three things that you are looking for outside of a win? Three things that you are looking for specifically that, that you know, really would stand out to you if those things happened, piggybacking off of the way they beat Charlotte. Um, so yeah, so again, stopping the run is the most important one. Second, it's going to be preparing for the pass as well. Again, you got to be prepared for that balanced offense, even though they are going to pound the ball for most of that game. Uh, you got to be prepared for work, throwing the ball. Parker Navarro was a guy that Eddie Williams mentioned this morning. So to me, you got to be prepared for that. But the biggest thing, again, it, it, it's going to be the offense for FAU. And I know it's going to be a cop-out because they were so explosive on Saturday versus Charlotte. Uh, but again, you one of the when it came to last season, one and five on the road, the offense was just stalled. They weren't exciting. They weren't explosive, even though the talent was there. Um, they got to show off Saturday and continue that into Ohio on the road because if they can do that, then then I'll be proven uh, that they are this championship contender team that can perform on the road. Um, but again, you need to see guys back on the roster. You know, Johnny Ford was out for personal reasons last Saturday. Uh, he, Coach Tiger will be confirming once again tomorrow, but he's probable for he's probable against Ohio, and that's just another playmaker you add to the roster. 
Um, so Nikosi, he needs to be comfortable as well. You know, he really wasn't comfortable on the road last season. That could be because of the offensive line kind of giving up some pressure. But those are probably be the most the three more, most important things I would say going into Ohio. You heard it there from the man himself. We appreciate him making the time to come on the podcast. Zach, let the folks know where they can find your work and your social media. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you can find my work at the Palm Beach Post. And obviously follow me on Twitter at Zach Weinberger, Zach with an H, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. Again, Saturday, you'll see me live tweeting, stay tuned for live updates, and especially tomorrow morning uh, or whenever this is released, Thursday morning will be uh, Taggart's Press. So a lot of stuff there, a lot of injury concerns. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but it's going to be an exciting weekend. He does a phenomenal job covering the Owls for the Palm Beach Post. He and Kevin Fielder, they are like – Shaq and Kobe, maybe a dated reference for the two of them who are uh, about a decade younger than me. I have to find a, a, a near, they're like KD and Steph. How about that? That's a bit more of a, uh, of, a <laughs> of a less dated reference. I, I will say, Eric, you know, it, it was yes. the one, the biggest takeaway from last weekend wasn't SAU clobbering Charlotte. It was, you know, it wasn't anything in college football. Kevin okay. wearing a suit jacket was the most interesting thing I've seen with my eyes. I think it is. Uh, so I hope you got, a, I hope you got a laugh out of that too. I managed to strong arm him into wearing a suit jacket. He makes all this hubbub, like this, you know, this fuss about it. And then, and then Zach, two days later, it's his new profile picture on Twitter. All I I said to Kevin is, you're welcome. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you making the time, Zach. Thank you. Thank you.